Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. Today's lesson comes from the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew, beginning with verse, beginning with verse 14, the parable of the talents, as Josh mentioned earlier. Um, according to my footnote, a talent is 15 years wages for a laborer. So this is a lot of money we're talking about here. And this is in the middle of a speech, one of the longest in Matthew, that Jesus is giving to his disciples during Passion Week when he's getting ready to go. He's getting ready to leave them. And he's telling them, these are my final advice to you. So, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're a good God. Lord God, and you have good for this church. You have good for the families in this church. Lord, you have good for this community. Lord, as we continue to explore parables, as we continue to dig deep into your truth for our lives. Lord, I pray that you challenge us. I pray that you encourage us. I pray that we're drawn closer to you as our Savior and as our Lord. We say this all in your son's precious name. 
Amen. It's good to be with you guys today. It is uh, nice to be back indoors. Uh, every Sunday we do outside, especially at my house. I have these panic attacks about weather, and God is very faithful. He's way better at his job than I am at mine. Uh, but it is nice to have a controlled, you know, climate. Uh, and it is, again, my favorite day of the year. Fall back, so I got all kinds of energy. I'll try to keep my speed at a good level. Anyway, so we are in a series uh, dealing with parables. And we've been looking at different parables, and we've been talking about how parables are like a joke. How they're really trying to get to the punchline, trying to get to the meat of one thing. It's not a perfect one-to-one allegory where every aspect of a story directly connects to something else. And a lot of the parables we've been looking at, in fact, a ton of the parables that Jesus taught, were on the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God was shorthand for everything God was wanting to do, both in eternity, right, in heaven when we die, but also here and now. And so as we talk through, as we look at what these parables mean, it's looking for those punchlines that Jesus is trying to tell his disciples. And it starts off, well, here we go, uh, him asking the question about entrusting something to another. And so that was a question I had to ask myself, was what's the most valuable thing someone has ever entrusted to me? And there are different types of value, right? Certainly there is financial value. This thing was worth X amount of money. There's sentimental value, which has its own price range and its own value that we put into it. I always think of the, the watch my grandma gave me. And it was the watch that my, grandfa- my great-grandfather had given my grandfather when they were married. And this is the Irish side of my family. This is the McHenry side, and they really cared about being Irish, and they really loved their last name. I really love my middle name, Joshua McHenry Miller. And so my grandma, for my confirmation, gave me this beautiful, ornate watch that had, like, the, like, the long uh, chain on it. And she's like, this is for your confirmation. And I'm like, awesome. So I'm up there getting ready to get confirmed, and I am spinning this thing right? Just going nuts. Uh, And I got off the stage and my grandma took it away from me and my dad still has it. She's like, yes, it is yours. But until I entrust you again, you're not getting this watch back, right? So there's different types of values. There's different ways that we can be entrusted with things. But that's how this parable starts. Again, this is Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Jesus begins by saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like God sharing and trusting the thing he cares most about with his people. His mission, everything he came for, everything he lived for, everything he died for. This parable starts off by saying that God is going to entrust his best, his heart, with the church. I mean, this is, this is heavy stuff. It's good stuff. It's a privilege, but it's heavy. There's weight here. There is a mission that God has called us to as individuals, as families, as a local congregation. And Jesus starts off the parable saying, it's like God entrusted us with something valuable. And, and how valuable? Well, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he goes on a journey. All right, so the Greek here, as Skiff referenced, was talent. 
And it's a little bit hard to like nail down exactly how much money this is because people get paid different amounts in different countries. But as Skip said, about 15 years of wages or about $1.4 million in today's currency. That's, could you imagine if someone came to you and said, hey, I'm going to be going out of town for a couple of years. Uh, here's $1.4 million. That's the lowest amount, right? This is a huge huge value. And Jesus is doing this on purpose. A talent was more money than any of the people he was speaking to that 99.9% .9 of them would ever see in their entire life. One talent. And he says five, two, and one. And there's a heart here that we're going to see that, and it says, each according to his ability. And this kind of goes back to last week's uh, punchline. Life is not fair, and God is not fair. He's good. He's really good, and he loves you so, so much. But he doesn't distribute everything equally, right? It's not like, okay, so all of you are going to get the exact same opportunities, the exact same challenges, the exact same resources. No, that's not it. But it doesn't matter if you're getting the one or the five. The reality is it's still incredibly valuable. And you and your gifts and your time and your resources are incredibly valuable. And that, that's part of the punchline of this parable is that no one gets none. All of us have an opportunity. All of us have been entrusted with a piece of what our God has created. And the question is, what are we going to do with it? The parable goes on. So the man who received five bags of gold went out and at once put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. So also the man with two bags gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Right? Two completely different responses to being entrusted with something. The first two, they see it as an opportunity. They, they see it as a privilege to be entrusted with something, and so they do something with it. So they get to work to be about their master's business. And all of a sudden, five turns to ten, two turns to four. Again, it's not the size of the value that matters. And then the one, I mean, literally, like, turns it into like a treasure map type thing, I guess. Right? That, that's the plan. I'm going to go dig a hole, make a map with an X on it, and I'll come back in X amount of time. Right? But just two completely different mindsets of what we're supposed to do with what has been entrusted to us. Parable goes on. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned, and he settled his accounts with both of them. And the man who received the five bags of gold brought back to the master the other five. And he said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And his master replied, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, you have been faithful with a few things. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Y'all, the good news of Scripture, the good news of our relationship with our Father is that's what he wants to tell you. 
that when you see him in his full glory, as fully redeemed, fully purified in eternity, your father wants to tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were entrusted with a little and now a lot, and then come and share in my happiness. That's the heart of the God we have. That's the type of relationship he wants with us. And so often in our heads, we can end up like that last servant where we're like, man, God, I, I just, I, I feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Or I feel like I'm not set up for success. And what we see in this story is that, no, God knows who you are. God built you. He designed you. He knit you together in your mom's womb, Scripture says. He knows exactly how you were built. And he entrusts with you the right things to be about his business. And what he wants you to hear at the end of the day, his goal for you is to have that conversation. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come share in my happiness. Come share in my joy. That, that's good news. The story goes on. And the man with two bags of gold also came. He said, Master, you entrusted with me two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. I love this because there is no difference in the response. Right? Again, life isn't fair. We have different gifts. We have different resources. We have different time. But God's love is the same regardless. And so whether you're one of those persons like Erica and me in our stage of life right now where we have time and abundance, right? Or you have three or four kids and it's just general pandemonium and that five minutes you get in the bathroom every morning is the extent of your free time, right? God has the same heart to hear that come and share in your, in your master's faithfulness. Man, whether you have gifts aplenty, whether, whether you can just sing and it sounds like the angels are crying, or, or you sing and, and it's the chalkboard, right? Whether right now it's a season of plenty and, and, and you really do have financial resources, or it's a season where it's lean and those resources just aren't there in the same that they've been in the past or you were hoping they would be in the future. Come and share in your master's happiness. It's not the size of the talent. It's not the size of the time. It's not the size of the financial resources that God cares about. What he cares about is his relationship with you and you knowing that he has entrusted you to be a part of this kingdom, this reign of God, this good thing he is doing here on earth. Again, y'all, that, that's, that's good news. So the first two, they get to work. They're like, all right, God, got some time. We're going to get after this. And they do, and they have this relationship with their, with, with their master. But the third one, it goes different. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came and he said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See? Here is what belongs to you. It was just lack of trust. 
right? He, he didn't trust the giver. He didn't trust that the giver knew what he was doing with the gifts, right? So he either didn't trust the giver's character, right? So you're a mean man, so I'm just going to give you back what you have. Or, you know what, you, you gave me this and I am not trustworthy with it. And so he essentially just says, I'm not going to play. I'm going to take myself out of this. And I'm just going to, at the end of the day, give you back what you gave me. And that lack of trust destroyed any opportunity he had to get the ending statement, come and share in my happiness. Well done, my good and faithful child of God that I built and I designed and I gifted you with things. So the response to the matter is very different. Instead of the well done, my good and faithful servant we have, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you too, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that you would when I had returned, I would have received back with interest. So take the bag of gold from the one and give it to the one with ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from them. And throw this wicked and lazy servant outside into the darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, this gets dark quick, right? We go from like the happy, like, right? Like, dude, awesome job. So happy. Let's party to like, you're excommunicated. You're exiled, right? I mean, heavy, heavy swing one to the other. But at the end of the day, what this really means is our actions have consequences. <laughs> our choices have consequences. Uh, church, you are freely saved by grace and grace alone. It is all about what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Praise God. We, we, we celebrate the forgiveness of sins every week in this church because we're all still works in progress. We're, we're all still broken. And yet, or and also, God has work for us to do, and we don't get to say, eh, I don't want to do the work. Eh, I don't, I don't really care about the kingdom of God. Because salvation is not fire insurance. Salvation doesn't give us as Christians the opportunity to say, well, I know who Jesus is. God, you have to let me in. That, that, is, that, that is not scriptural. In fact, the very next story is of the sheep and the goats where he literally separates people by saying, did you love your neighbor as yourself? And that doesn't mean we work our way to heaven and it doesn't mean we have to do it perfectly. Don't leave here thinking, oh my gosh, God, I have not done well with the resources that you have entrusted me. No, you haven't. Neither have I. Good news, grace still covers us. That God is always willing to pour himself out for us again and again and again. But he does it to give us purpose. He does it to say, hey, I've still entrusted you with things. And I want you to be about my business. I want you to be about the good things that I am trying to do through people. I want you to be about the good things I'm trying to do in communities. The good things I am doing in things like local congregations and schools and everything else. Because our actions have consequences.
And it's also just the reality that he literally entrusted us with the thing he cared most with. I mean, this is a crazy plan to entrust humanity. I mean, even redeemed humanity as the church. Have you seen humanity lately? Like, I don't think we're that trustworthy, right? We're not doing great. Our batting average recently has not been awesome, right? Countries going to war with other countries. Why? I, I don't know. Want more land? Because we can't. No, we're, we're not that good at this. Yet our God is good at it. And as redeemed children, broken and still struggling and wrestling, we are still entrusted with what God cares most about. Right. And beyond that, you know, God wants, I mean, we, we are either all parents here or have parents. And growing up, one of the deepest needs of a child is just to hear their parents proud of them, is to celebrate them and what they're doing, right? I mean, you parents know, you know how much your words have. Yeah, I know growing up, it's easier for me to remember the times I was reprimanded than the times that I was commended. But those times that I think about of like, oh my gosh, when my dad said that this about this, or when this was celebrated, right? It, it just speaks a different life into us. God wants to give you that. God wants to celebrate that with you. God wants to say, well done. Come, share in my joy. Share in what I'm doing. Share in the family business of doing good, of preaching the reconciliation and the redemption that God has not done. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you face-planted, that God is fighting for you. Y'all, God wants you to hear that. Eh. And there we go. And then the, the flip side of that is there are two options, but it, it's a choice and there are consequences regardless. That to be entrusted with what God has got, we, we have to get in the game. We have to be intentional. We, we have to not just acknowledge, but participate in the good things that God is trying to do and leverage our resources accordingly. And my job as pastor is not to come in and say, all right, so all of you, now you're going to use your time like this and your talents like this and your treasure like this. Eric and I have enough trouble handling our own finances. I don't need all of yours as well, right? And yet all of us are called to actually look and say, okay, God, what does this look like? And it can look vastly different. You know what it looked like for Eric and I last Sunday? Hey, we have a centralized location with an acre of land. Come and hang out. Right? That, that's a resource that God has given us that's not ours. And so we have worked hard to be open-handed with that resource. Some of you have gifts and passions that God is saying, I want to find unique ways to leverage those for my kingdom. And the good works are not the gospel, but good works are a really good platform for the gospel. That as people see you loving differently, loving your neighbor as yourself, that we can then live a life that begs the question, all right, God, what does this mean for me? 
And God does something with that. And the same thing with our financial resources as well. That we believe that God has entrusted not just us as individuals, but, but the local church as a unique place of how God uses the kingdom of God in any local area. So what does that mean for us as a church, as Acts Church Leander? Well, it's these three verbs. We equip, we send, and we bless. Right? We, we equip followers of Jesus. We, we train people to be like Jesus, to be disciples. And to be a disciple literally means, in Jesus' own words, you will not be better than, but you will be like the master. And so that is one of the verbs, that is one of the categories where we can say as a church, this is who we are, this is what we fight for, this is one of the things that we use to decide, do we do this or do we not do this? So we equip, we send, we get out and we serve, we, fight, we create opportunities for our people, both as individuals but then corporately, to love and serve together. And so we do things like sending Sundays. And we do things like uh, Sean is going to talk about at the end of service where we've got a little mini sending opportunity from one until three at the Hill Country Food Pantry, right? And I know a bunch of you guys brought uh, canned goods, right? Little ways that we as a church can serve together and then bless, realizing that service is going to do something. And I'm going to be honest, of the three right now, it's the bless that we're having the hardest time with because it's not that we're not doing cool things, God does cool things through this church all the time. I am bragging on y'all constantly. My problem, our problem, is we don't always celebrate what God is doing. And that is what brings it full circle. That we can celebrate, not to pat ourselves on the back, but to be able to echo our Father's words, well done, good and faithful servant, things like, oh, we helped build a foster care home. A literal home is built because we kick-started it. And now kids who would not have a place to stay have a, have a place to stay. Y'all, that is worthy of celebration because that is a blessing of what God is doing. And it's not just the external things. It's not just when we do things like acts of love or go to Baghdad Elementary School. But the blessing is also, you know what? My family understands Jesus a little bit better. We're praying together regularly now. We're, we're raising up confirmation students. We're raising up the next generation. All of those things are worth celebrating. So when we talk about equip, send, bless, those are the three things that we are striving both as staff but also as leadership to really hone ourselves and say, this is how we are going to judge ourselves. And this is how we are going to prioritize what we do. Are we helping people to be more like Jesus? Yes? Go Team Jesus. Is this helping? No. All right, we don't need to do it. All right, is this helping create opportunities for people to love and to serve? Yes. Go Team Jesus. No, it's a great idea. It's a good idea. We're not going to do it. And, and are we celebrating well? Are we celebrating the blessings that God is doing through our efforts? Not because we're great. Not because Acts Church Leander is the perfect congregation. We are not. You have me as your pastor. There is always going to be a fairly low bar, right? But, but we do believe God is doing something special here. And again, it's in realizing that he's entrusted this to us. And so we get to be about his business. We get to be about helping people find a God who died for them, but also who lives for them 
and who wants them to be a part of the family business, who wants to entrust them with good things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and all of those things that are so almost unworldly and yet literally change the world. We're going to go into a time of confession and absolution because none of us do this perfectly. And the good news is that's not the bar. Uh, the good news is that Jesus clothes us in his righteousness, Scripture says. But part of that is being honest with him. And so we're going to come and pray through confession. Heavenly Father, Lord, we as your children, we as those who have been entrusted with your gifts, whether it's tons of time, awesome talents, Lord, or financial resources, Lord, so often either by our own fear of if we give financially, if we give of our time, if we give of our talents, Lord, that somehow we won't have enough. Lord, that daily bread won't be provided for us, Lord, and so we don't give. Lord, or, or, or we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust that you gave us these things for a purpose. Lord, we can use our gifts to better ourselves at the expense of opportunities to serve you, to serve our neighbor, Lord, to serve a church. Lord, we come before you in confession, but Lord, we are bold to confess because when your son died and rose again from the grave, Lord, you breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. For any sins you forgive, they are forgiven indeed. And so the proclamation of forgiveness of sins, Lord, you remember them no more. Lord, and we pray that you give us the strength, the courage, the boldness, and the innovation to use your gifts to build your kingdom here on earth. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at actschurchleander.com.